This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Tonight on Huckabee, Tennessee Congressman David Kustoff, banker by day, comedian by night, Dino Posey, Navy vet turned coffee house owner Luke Schneider, family harmony with country hit maker Clint Black. Trey Corley at the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey. And now, here's Mike Thank you. What a terrific audience. We're going to keep them. They're not going to be able to go home. We're going to keep them for the next several weeks because they're so wonderful and responsive, and we like that. And, Trey, I like the color of that jacket. Yeah. Thank you, sir. It's actually, you know, it's, it's kind of nice. Trey actually wore something that's respectable. <laughs> this is good. This is the first time in a while, and we're really right. proud of you. Thank you. Looks nice. Encourage it. Yeah. Okay, folks, I got to tell you, I was working out in my garage this week, and I stumbled across some classified documents of Joe Biden from when he was vice president. I, I was as surprised to find him in my stuff as Joe Biden said he was, that he had them next to his Corvette. I would turn them over to the FBI, but they don't seem to care. They just tell some of Joe's staff and lawyers to come over and pick them up when it's convenient. And to make it easy, they'd ask for me to just leave the garage door open and put the boxes near the door and mark them top secret, highly classified documents. By the way, I also found a box of some formerly classified documents from Donald Trump's White House that had been declassified by the former president. Now, I... Uh, I called about them, and within an hour, 27 heavily armed FBI agents in SWAT gear rolled up to my home, ordered everyone on my property to leave, and they went through everything on my property. I'm not talking just the boxes of documents that were in a locked closet. I mean, they went through everything. They went through my wife's closet and tried on her clothes. <laughs> I knew this whole transgender cross-dressing thing was big in the Biden administration, but wow. Wow. At least we found out where the former director of nuclear waste, Sam Brenton, had ended up. You know, that bald-headed man who wore lipstick and dresses? And he got arrested for stealing luggage at the Minneapolis airport that contained women's clothing. Yep, it looks like he got a job with the FBI. But he's apparently not very good at nuclear waste, but by golly, he's an expert on hiding documents in women's clothing. 
By the way, the FBI guys even went through all our dog toys belonging to Gumbo and Bandit. Boy, those guys are thorough. And I'm sure we're all feeling safer. We also found out that when acquiring property in California, Hunter Biden filled out some papers indicating that he actually owned his father's Delaware home because he listed it as one of his assets. But here's what's weird. He also indicated that he was paying $50,000 a month in rent for that same house that he said he owned. <laughs> Boy, that Joe Biden is no dummy. <laughs> He gives his son the house where he lives in so that Hunter has to pay for the taxes, the upkeep, and the utilities. And then Hunter turns around and pays his dad 50000 bucks a month in rent for a house that Hunter owns. Wow. I got a great idea. I lived in the Arkansas governor's mansion for almost 11 years. So by sheer squatter's rights, I guess I could claim it's mine. I'm going to charge my daughter $50,000 a month to rent it from me. Yeah. Heck, it was working for Joe. He may not know how to pronounce his vice president's name. As Kamala said, we're... Uh... Kamala? I thought it was Kamala. But hey, Joe, you're standing next to her. Maybe she'll correct you next time. Or he had a hard time remembering the name of the person that he nominated to the Supreme Court. Those are the words of Kajan, Kajan, Katanji Drown Jackson, our Supreme Court Justice. Yeah, Supreme Court Justice, you know her name, whatever it is. He even had a hard time getting the name of the daughter-in-law of Dr. Martin Luther King, who he sang happy birthday to at special service. Watch. Happy birthday, dear Alvin. Happy birthday to you. Do what? Happy birthday, dear wife. Whatever her name is. Anyway, this talk about him being an adult old man who shakes hands with ghosts. <laughs> or who has to be let off the stage. Folks, it belies the fact that he's figured out a way to make millions of dollars by giving away his house to his son, who then turns around and pays him 50 grand a month in rent and how to be oblivious to the business deals that that same son made while hitching a ride on Air Force Two with his pop on a trip to China. You know, that business deal with some fellows affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party that made Hunter and Joe multimillionaires, that trip. And then Hunter was able to make the transition to artist. Though never having had a single art class or painted before, he was able to launch his art career by selling his paintings for up to $500,000 each. One like this one. No starving artist there, I'll tell you. By the way, one of his paintings didn't fetch quite as much, however, because he didn't fill in all the numbers, so it only went for $350,000. A real bargain on that one. All this makes me, well, I, I tell you, it wants... Just makes me want to run for president again. What a country, huh? Well, fortunately, we don't have one party rule anymore in Washington, D.C., so Republicans in Congress can now do the job that we put them there for and hold President Biden accountable. To talk about that, as well as what needs to be done about the approaching national debt limit, 
We've got Congressman David Kustoff with us right after the break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. MikeHuckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow at GovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. Well, it's clear that people want to travel places that they couldn't go to during the pandemic. I'm hosting a cruise following the steps of Paul in the early church, October the 29th through November the 7th. We've got the entire luxury cruise ship to ourselves. We're going to feature music from Larry Gatlin and great comedy from Shonda Pierce and many, many other special guests. Why don't you go with me this fall? But you've got to sign up now while the good cabins are still available. To sign up, go to thegreatesttrip.com or mikehuckabee.com and follow the link. Congressman David Kustoff says that families and small businesses throughout Tennessee and all over America are struggling to make ends meet thanks to the Biden administration's radical policies and out-of-control spending. But he says the new House Republican majority has hit the ground running, and boy, they have. Help is on the way. Please welcome back to the show from the great state of Tennessee, one of our very favorites, Congressman David Kustoff. Congressman, thank you, David, thank you here. very much for having me tonight. Thank you. We, we love having you. You are in one of the most powerful and important committees in Congress, the House Ways and Means. A lot of people don't understand, you write all the tax code. And there is a lot of talk um, that Republicans want to lower the burden on American families. Now, I know it would have a tough slog through the Senate, and Biden would probably veto it, but it would make a statement. Do you think there will be some effort to at least lay it out there? Yeah, Governor, first of all, thank you for having me on tonight. I think so. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, you look back when President Trump, in his first year, and, and I was part of, part of that, where we lowered taxes on families yeah. and small business, and we saw a booming economy before COVID and, frankly, even during COVID. And it's because we allowed people to keep more of their hard-earned dollars in their pockets. And that's what it should be about. We shouldn't have to worry about paying the federal government everything that you earn up until you die and even after you die. That's the worst. You know, the death taxes, uh, they reach into the casket and take one more run at your pocket. I mean, how, how bad can it get when that happens? It's really bad. But one thing under that law in 2017 that I think people understand is 
we raised the exemptions where um, less people are, are um, 24 to $25 million per couple, they would not have to pay any, any death taxes. And that's significant. But the issue is that expires in the next few years. Mm. So Congress has to work on extending those provisions, again, so that people can not have to worry once their loved ones die that they have to literally sell the family farm. That's the thing. People don't understand that this is not about people just sitting on wads of cash. It's their assets. It could be a business they own. It could be farmland that has evaluated over a period of time, but they can't pay the taxes on it unless they sell it all off. So it's like punishing them for having held something in the family for a long, long time. And that didn't make sense to most of us. No, it's, it's, it's counterintuitive. They may, have, uh, they have, may have money on paper, but they're not, they're not liquid. Yeah. And so that law really stopped the government from intruding into these families after their loved ones passed away. So we've got a lot of work to do. And to your point, um, you know, we're a divided government. We've got a Republican-held House of Representatives, uh, barely a majority of, of Democrats in the Senate, and, of course, Biden in the White House. But there's going to have to be some give and take yeah. over the next year and a half and, and two years. The first week of Republicans in power looked like a mess. Speaker's race took 15 votes, finally got it done. Kevin McCarthy uh, finally got the gavel. But honestly, I think even his critics have to admit this House is off to a roaring start. So how surprised or were you surprised yeah. that it is, is getting done what it said? You know, Governor, one thing you know and everybody here knows the entire nation during that speaker's vote, we got a big civics lesson on how the House of Representatives <laughs> operates and how the speaker's elected. And something like we saw that, that week just a few weeks ago, that hasn't happened in over 100 years. But, 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 I've seen where Republicans, after that vote, we're more unified. Mm. We're more united. Can I, if I can, I'll give you two examples. Yeah. Because we had two big votes. One was something that Kevin McCarthy... And all of us talked about during the campaign, you may remember that Joe Biden and Joe Manchin created this bill, the Inflation Reduction Act, yeah. which is the silliest name because it spent $750 billion on Green New Deal stuff. But it created 87,000 IRS agents to audit uh, middle-income people. Yeah. And we heard more about that during the campaign. Kevin McCarthy and all of us said, the very first vote that we take in the House once we take control will be to repeal those 87,000 IRS agents. And, and we did it. Yes. Because, you know, the, the talk was, oh, they're going to go after the billionaires. No, they're not. Billionaires have accountants and attorneys. They'll protect them. They would go after people driving Uber cars, people waiting tables, anyone in the gig economy, because those are the easy pickings. And that's where this would have ended up. It's right. It's a money grab. And um, frankly, to conduct more audits on everyday Americans... It's not what we're about. That's not what this should be about. People shouldn't have to live in fear of the, of the IRS and some, some agent knocking on their door. We had one more vote, though, and, the, and, and actually this was bipartisan, but all the Republicans took together, and it was to create a select committee on China to investigate the supply chain manipulations by China, the purchase by the Chinese of ag farmland here in the United States, uh, and other economic issues. And the fact of the matter is every Republican voted on that and about 146 Democrats. It was hugely bipartisan. 
And so my point is, even though we went through a kind of a slog yeah. on the speaker's vote, 15 votes, um, we're together and we're fighting for conservative values and conservative principles. And frankly, we realize in the House of Representatives, we're the backstop yeah. because you've got Biden, you've got Schumer. Um, we're the fight. We're the backstop. Will there be accountability? Because I think that's what a lot of us want to see. Accountability from the Department of Justice, the FBI. Uh, you know, I don't care that much about what Hunter Biden did. He, he's not elected to anything. I care a lot if his father got 10% of the cut of Hunter's deals and didn't report on his income. That's a serious deal. That's not minor. That's a big deal. Will we see these investigations that have been promised bring some level of accountability? We will. And, and I tell you, I've got good faith... Really good. We have two strong leaders in the House, Jim Jordan, chair yeah. of the Judiciary Committee, and Jamie Comer, the chair of the Oversight Committee. And they are, they're ramped up. Now, we want to do it the right way. But all the concerns that people have, they see, they see almost two sets of rules being applied depending on who you are. Mm-hmm. If you're Donald Trump, and you've got classified documents that as president, you're allowed to declassify. Right. That's one thing. If you're Joe Biden as vice president and you don't have the ability to declassify and you find these documents that you don't tell anybody until after the November election, even yeah. though you knew about it beforehand, and they just happen to be in your garage next to your Corvette, that your brothers and uh, your son who are used to monetizing your name can have access to, that's a different issue. And people don't want to see that. So you're going to see a deep dive by the House of Representatives into all these issues and to make sure that the playing field is even. Well, I always say to my friends in Congress, thank you for going up there and trying to do the Lord's work in the devil's town. Please keep the effort going, Congressman. We're glad that you're there. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, Governor. For our audience, we've got links to follow the congressman on social media, all in one place. If you go to Huckabee.tv, you can keep up with the work that Congressman David Kustoff is doing for the people of Tennessee, and for that matter, for the people of America. Speaking of doing some real hard work, Keith Bilbrey has a real hard job tonight. He's got to tell us everything coming up on the show. He's got to do it now. Well, you must stay right where you are. Hilarious news on In Case You Missed It. It's next and later, a fiery Huck's hero. It's all ahead on Huckabee. cat over there. And I'll tell you, one of the favorite things we have about this show is the amazing music of Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. Give them a very well-deserved hand of applause. Next week, Chad Robichaud is going to be back with us. He'll be here with his Afghani interpreter, Aziz. 
The band Shenandoah will be here, and oh, yeah. one of our favorites. He's been here more than any other guest, and there's a reason, because we can't get enough of him. I'm talking about the immortal Rich Little will be back with us yes. next week. Going to be great. Well, from hostile cats to supportive snakes, we've got the week's wildest news on In Case You Missed It. You know, Keith, some people are really slow learners. Yeah. Been around yeah. people like that, I'm sure. Yeah, what? Well, well, I'm not going to mention Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. You know, we just said nice things about it. Come on, it. Yeah, guys. We'll leave it there. That's, that's just enough. <laughs> well, th this is one, though, that's for the books. Yes. 911 police emergency lines. They've been around since the 60s. But some people, they still don't know what they're for. To help police in Saskatchewan, Canada, they released a list of recent non-emergency calls that should not have been made to 911. Yeah. Like this one, someone who called 911 because his bathtub drain was clogged. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is a hairy problem. Well, yeah. yeah. There was another 911 call <laughs> and they reported a hostile cat in the neighborhood. A hostile yeah, cat. A hostile cat, whatever that is. I thought all cats were hostile. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, someone else called to complain that he was out of milk, and that was a 911 call. Wow. Well, that is an emergency. Well, it is if you have a hostile cat, that's for sure. <laughs> Here's my favorite. Someone called 911 to report that swallowing a mosquito had made them choke and lose their dentures. Ooh. Well, of course. Boy, you got to sink your teeth into that one, right uh -huh. away, don't you? But you can't if they're out in the floor. Yeah, that's true. You lost them because of a mosquito that you choked on. It's weird. <laughs> Okay, those are ridiculous, but I think the Poinciana, Florida sheriff has all of them beat. Someone there called 911, but didn't speak. So they went to the call's location thinking this could be a very serious situation. Sure. Here's what they found. A couple burglarizing a house. Now what happened, One of the, the woman of the burglars, the woman burglar, had called 911 to ask for help moving the stolen loot out of the house. No. And asked for a ride to catch a plane to New York. Slow learner. Slow learner. <laughs> I guess she had second thoughts. I would think. So yeah. she just didn't say anything on the call. Anyway, the sheriff's office said they did give the couple a ride, but... It wasn't to the airport. <laughs> I do imagine that the local jail is better than New York's local jail anyway. Oh, I, so it probably did fine. Uh, by the way, speaking of people with rocks in their heads, uh -huh. KTLA TV, it's out in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. They report that Mauricio Perneo of Malibu was sitting in his car about to leave his home along the Pacific Coast Highway when he got a phone call from his girlfriend. Mm -hmm asking him to go back inside to fetch something for her. While he was inside, he heard a huge crash. There had been a rock slide, Ooh. and a big boulder landed right on top of his car exactly where he had been sitting. Man. Yeah. Sounds dangerous. I'll tell you what, Keith, uh, I'm afraid he may have to break up with his girlfriend. Why is that? Yeah. Well, because you know that every time she asks him to do something that he doesn't want to do, she's going to bring this up. Every <laughs> I mean, this is yep. really having something hanging over his oh, head. Forever, forever. Right? 
Well, to wash that scary image out of our minds, how about some adorable animal stories, right? Oh, I love animals. Well, look at this airport x-ray of a carry-on bag. Do you see that orange squiggle in the lower yeah. right corner? Mm -hmm. You know what that is? What that is, is a four-foot-long boa constrictor. Ooh. Oh, I don't think so. I, me neither. I hate snakes. The passenger claimed that it was her emotional support animal. <laughs> hey, nothing gives a hug like a boa constrictor. You better leave right? If she'd taken that thing out, the other passengers would have needed emotional support. Yeah. By the way, she was barred from bringing it on the plane. Because you think everyone knows you can't have snakes on a plane. Right? I wouldn't think so. No. no. There's a movie about that. There was. Yeah. She should have watched it. <laughs> Finally, speaking of animal x-rays, some vets in Charleston, South Carolina, saw a cat with a stomach blockage. They were stunned when they removed this from the cat's stomach. Look at this. It had swallowed 38 hair ties. Hair oh, ties. Oh, no. By the way, for the record, that is not a cheap alternative to lap band surgery, okay? <laughs> Make that plain. Eh? Oh, the vet said the cat is recovering. It also coughed up the most perfectly styled hairball ever. I bet. Yeah. Okay, before the cat calls start, I'm going to just wrap <laughs> this up. But remember, until next time, we read the news. Well, up next, meet a Huck's hero. And later, music from Clint Black, wife Lisa Hartman Black, and their daughter Lily Pearl. It's all ahead on Huckabee. Well, no matter what kind of storm that you are weathering, God is there. And if that storm takes your home and uproots your life, God uses the volunteers of Samaritan's Purse to be his light in very dark times. Because of your cheerful giving, our friends in Alabama are being aided right now after the recent tornadoes. If you're looking for a place to give, I want to encourage you to go to the Samaritan's Purse website or call them today and be part of reaching out with a helping hand and the hope of Christ. Thank you, and God bless you for helping Samaritan's Purse. Well, our Huff's hero tonight is a Navy veteran of Iraq and Afghanistan who came back to Rockford, Illinois, and became a firefighter. He wanted to help other first responders who were injured, so he found a very unique and a delicious way to do it. And that's why he is our Huck's hero of this week. I'm Luke Schneider. I'm the CEO and founder of Fire Department Coffee, located here in Rockford, Illinois. I uh, found my love for coffee working long hours from my time in the Navy. I've had the honor to uh, serve for the city of Rockford as a firefighter paramedic for 12 years. During that time, I met my wife and she was a barista. And I was like, this is a match made in heaven. We started brewing coffee together and then roasting it together. So I did a fire department blend. And out of everything we did, that fire department blend took off. So in 2016, launched Fire Department Coffee with the mission to make great coffee and support our fellow firefighters and first responders. We've been recruiting multiple firefighters and veterans because uh, the fire service and, and the military are both uh, team oriented and mission focused. 
very early on, uh, we knew that uh, we didn't want to create a, a company around the fire service and, and being a firefighter without doing more than just making great coffee. So we give back from fire department coffee and support um, charities that support first responders as well as being able to uh, support first responders directly who've been sick or injured while on the job. It's really been a blessing for my family to be a part of it and uh, we're just really excited to give back and support our fellow firefighters and first responders. We've been able to have a lot of fun with the, the brand and, and on social media making uh, content that engages with uh, followers and customers and uh, firefighters are known for being pranksters. We like to enjoy life. Cut. Woo. Good job guys. Very, very nice. Smooth. As you can tell, we like to have fun. Please welcome Navy veteran, former firefighter and the founder and CEO of Fire Department Coffee, Luke Schneider. Luke, welcome. Great to have you Thank here. Thank you, sir. Okay, we watch those guys with flamethrowers roasting the coffee. I don't think that's the way you do it all the time. <laughs> no, that's uh, it's not a good idea to do that all the time. Probably not. Even if you're a fireman, that gets a little dangerous. But what a great idea, helping firemen to have a wonderful way to do something in an entrepreneurial way, but at the same time, helping veterans, first responders through their injuries. Where'd you get the idea? Firefighters drink a lot of coffee. I was a shipboard firefighter in the Navy and got out, became a civilian firefighter. And working long hours and long shifts, we, we run on coffee. So yeah. uh, during that time, met my wife, she was a barista. We started brewing coffee together and then started roasting it together. And I wanted to do a coffee that spoke to being a firefighter and gave back and be able to support our fellow firefighters and first responders. What a wonderful thing. My father was a career firefighter. My experience was that the coffee at the fire station was the strongest, toughest coffee. You could turn the <laughs> cup over. You had several minutes to worry before it poured out of the cup because it was so thick. So is fire department coffee, is it robust? Is that a fair word to use? It's uh, That's a fair word. Yes, sir. Yeah. It's uh, full bodied and full flavored and it's... Uh, you know, the stronger you make it, the better it is. As coffee should be. I mean, that's the way it ought to be made. Uh, obviously, it's taken off. People are uh, supportive. They're buying the coffee. That's got to give you a good feeling that they're, they're doing something that gives them great coffee, but it's helping first responders and veterans. Yes, sir. I couldn't have planned it if I wanted to. It's, it's truly been a blessing the right people at the right time and just all the doors that have been opened and uh, is the, the team that uh, also has uh, come along and been able to build the company and, and be a part of it and wouldn't be possible with, without all of the people that support us and the team and just the we've been very blessed for, for everything. So Luke, how do you distribute the coffee? I mean, I, I realize that you roast it with the firefighter friends that you've got and do the, the work of packaging it. But the distribution has to be one of the big challenges. So how do people get fire department coffee? We actually uh, purchased a fulfillment center. So yeah. we also fulfill our own coffee direct to consumer. And we also work through other distributors to get out to uh, larger markets like grocery stores. And so now we're expanding into other channels. How fast has this all grown? Incredibly fast. It's it's been a roller coaster, and uh, but it's been a fun ride, and I'm enjoying every minute of it. And my family, and my kids, and we're just truly excited and just blessed for how it's been going. I, I couldn't have imagined we would ever get to this point, but it's uh, it's been an incredible opportunity. And, and with a wife who's a barista, and you brewing coffee and roasting it, 
you guys never sleep, so I mean, that's much we <laughs> probably know. But in all seriousness, one of the reasons you're a Huck's hero for us is because there are injured firefighters who have been genuinely helped by the contributions you're able to make because of the coffee. Tell, tell us just one of the stories of someone that their life was really touched by this. Yeah, so um, one of the reasons that we focused on the sick and injured firefighters is I had a firefighter that reached out and uh, said that, you know, he sent the video of where he was taking steps with crutches and he had a tree fall on him on a wildland fire and said, uh, you know, I said, wow, that's incredible that you're taking steps because the doctors told him he'd never be able to walk. And uh, he said, I said, how can we support you? He said, just sharing some, um, some good news to a bad story. And I got to know him and got to know not only um, how he was impacted physically, but mentally and also just everything that comes along with that and the camaraderie that we have at the fire department is uh, it's, it's our home away from home. It's a family. And uh, we live there. A lot of firefighters live there every third day or they're at the station all the time. And so he was not only removed from um, from the, you know, being able to walk and and uh, have that lifestyle that he had before, but he was also removed from that family, you know, not being there and not being able to live there. And so we wanted to be able to build that community with fire department coffee and be able to give back and support those that serve and uh, just also build a community and, and so we can provide that camaraderie um, through events and activations and uh, just letting them know that we're here for them and that we, we care about them and um, they're not, they're, they'll always be a part of our family. That's a beautiful thing and it's great that you're doing something. Every American wants to drink coffee and does drink coffee. And if they're really an American, they want to drink good, strong coffee, which is what you are able to get for them. But the beautiful thing, when they drink fire department coffee, they're helping firefighters who have been injured on the job. If you want to support their mission, I can't imagine that you don't. If you want to do that and get some terrific coffee for yourself, if you go to Huckabee.tv, we have a direct connection to all of the things that Luke is doing at Fire Department Coffee. Right now, Keith is going to take a sip of his coffee. He's going to wake up and tell us what's coming up next. As Jed Clavin would say, Woo, doggy, stay right where you are. Banker turned comic Dino Posey is next on Huckabee. T-shirts and more. Well, tonight's comedian took a very unusual career path from executive vice president of a Fortune 500, uh, Fortune 500 company to stand-up comedy. Now, that is pretty funny all in itself. He has worked with stars like Sinbad, Steve Harvey, Rob Schneider, and the Mighty Clouds of Joy. Would you please welcome the very funny, clean comedy of Dino Posey. 
How's everybody feeling? Well, don't y'all just look fantastic. Well, I got to tell you, Happy New Year to everybody. I, for one, am glad 2022 is over. What a challenging year. We still had some remnants of COVID going on. We still had high crime. Interest rates were popping up like new toast. Uh, things are going crazy. And so I decided it's time to get my affairs in order. So I don't mind telling you, my wife and I have been married 62 years. Now that's, that's 31 for her, 31 for me. And so we decided after all this time that it's time to get a will. How many folks have y'all got a will? Has everybody got a will? Get a will. Did you know that only a third of Americans have a will? So we decided to get a will, get everything straightened out, lined up. And let me tell you, we went to the attorney's office and we stayed there for hours. We got a will. We got a living will. We got a trust. We got clauses. We were separating all of our stuff. And the reason you want to get a will is because you don't want your relatives that are left fighting over stuff that you didn't want anymore anyway or stuff that you're still paying for. So we got it all situated. And after we got it all worked out, uh, we went home and my wife sat down and we were talking. I said, you know what, sweetheart? That was such a daunting task. It was so much work, so much stuff to keep up with that. You know, I really hope that I die before you do because it's just too much to keep up with. And she looked at me very tenderly and grabbed me by the hand. And she said, you know what? I hope you die before I do too. Let's pray about that. I said, you know what? That doesn't sound right to me. She said, well, you said you wanted to be a better Christian, so you said you want to be like Jesus, so you can go and prepare a place for me. I said, mm, I don't know. We've got four kids and eight grandkids, and so um, we're trying to take care of them and make sure that they're situated. Now, let me tell you something. I'm not one of these free-range parents. Uh, I don't believe that my kids are my friends. Anybody that I'm still paying for stuff for, we're not friends. If I'm paying for your cell phone, your car insurance, your car note, rent, college, any of that, we're not friends. You, you can tell these free-range parents. You ever been on, on your way to work or school or whatever, and you see a little girl standing on the bus stop? She got on a pair of soccer cleats, a ballerina skirt, a motorcycle jacket, and a tiara. She's got free-range parents at home. She does. They let her decide what she's going to do. So I don't do that. If I'm still paying for anything for my kids, then no, we can't be friends. And I'm going to tell you this. I got grandkids and grown kids. Grown kids are more expensive than grandkids. I've got a son. We live in a little small town in Alabama. And he says, uh, Dad, they say I'm behind a month on my rent. I said, well, how much do they say you're behind? Because I need to know who they is in the first place. He said, well, they say I'm behind $2,800. I said, well, they a lie. Because we live in a small town in Alabama, and if it's $2,800, that's several months' rent in Alabama where we live. And so grown, grandkids, easy problems. I can take them to the Dollar General, and I can fix all their problems with one trip to the Dollar General. I grab one basket. I tell them to pick the biggest three things they can. I'm out of there for $10. I'm done. I'm good. I'm very good. Thank you very much. I don't know that we're going to have a whole lot to leave them anyway because, like, we spent all of our money when they were growing up. Like in high school, there was band and football, and then they went off to college, and that was expensive. And I told my kids when you go to college, I said, listen, I don't care what you major in in college. You can be whatever you want to be. I don't care. Listen, one of two things is going to happen. One, you're either going to love it so much that you're going to be very good at it, and you're going to make a lot of money. Or two, you're going to love it so much that you won't care that you don't make a lot of money. So, after spending $325,000 sending two kids to college, I've got a retail store manager, and I got somebody that works at uh, the Starbucks coffee shop. When I really paid for a chemical engineer and an accountant, that's what I paid for. 
I think I ought to be getting a refund. That's what I'm thinking. I should be getting a refund. But I also, you know, I just think that, you know, we, we should just get them the stuff that they want. And so my wife and I have been having a good time just spending their inheritance and letting them know. They're like, we went to Vegas and we gambled in Vegas and we lost. But we sent them pictures of all the money that we were losing in the casino. Like, this could have been yours. We went to Miami, we had a good time, we ate at restaurants we can't even really afford, and then sent them copies of the receipts and said, see, this could have been yours. So we're not going to leave a whole lot, but I'm, I'm happy for them. Um, I had a son, the one good thing out of this, I had a son that actually played at the University of Alabama during a national championship, two national championships. And, uh, but don't let me get y'all, com- well, you can clap for that, thank you. But don't, I don't want to confuse you. I said he played at Alabama, but he didn't play football. He was just down there playing like, my dad is paying for all of this. <laughs> I'm having a good time. Y'all have been an absolutely fantastic audience. Thank y'all so much. All right. Dino, that was great. Thank you very much. There's a whole bunch of us here that can relate to those stories Thank about you your family. Much. I got to find out how on earth did you go from being a bank executive to a comedian? Most bank executives I know, they're just not that funny. Hold on, the bank doesn't know I'm here. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually got into comedy probably about 16 years ago doing some contests and was very good and very clean. And actually, uh, one of our former CEOs walked up to me one day and he said, I hear one of our senior leaders is doing stand-up comedy. I said, I don't know who it is, but I'll find him for it. (laughs) But it's been a great ride. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you for coming. I hope people will follow Dino Posey on social media. You know what's even better? Book him for your event. You see he's funny. So book him for your event. How to do that? If you go to Huckabee.tv, we will connect you. Right now, Keith Bilbrey is going to connect you with what's coming up in the show right after this. Well, after the break, a family performance with Lisa, Lily Pearl, and Clint Black. Stick around for more on Huckabee. Welcome back. One of our musical guests is a country music superstar. His wife is a famous actress and singer, and their daughter followed in both of their footsteps as a singer, songwriter, and musician. Now the whole family is touring together in the Mostly Hits and the Mrs. Tour. Now there is a dad joke if I've ever heard one, and I, <laughs> I'm glad Clint came up with it. Please give a very warm welcome to Clint Black, Lisa Hartman Black, and Lily Pearl Black. I think you guys brought your fan club with you tonight. It's very obvious that you are beloved in this room. They're expensive, but we take them everywhere. I'm glad you do. I'm glad you brought them tonight. I am so thrilled that all of you are here. Clint's been with us before, but 
this tour that you guys have been on, it's pretty unique to take the whole family and all of you being on stage. Are you still speaking to each other? We are, oddly <laughs> enough. We've learned a lot of things being on the road and in a bus and tight quarters. And she's yeah. actually really stepped up. I'm impressed. I have to brag on you. She a sounds surprised by that. Yeah. Yes, she did. Oh she did sound surprised. Shock, do we need really. to do we need to pause and have a little conversation backstage? <laughs> Family therapist, you know. It could be. You know, um, Lily, out of all of this, one of the things that's happened, you've come out with uh, an album of your own. Yes. So did the singing bug, is that something that happened from the time you were a tot, you just knew you were going to do that? Yes. I was running around the house at the age of five, putting on characters and shows, performances, and singing left and right. So it started pretty young. <laughs> That's what I, we told her. She doesn't remember. <laughs> but Lily, you know what? I, I think one of the greatest gifts you can give to your parents is to affirm the lives that they have lived in the world of entertainment and to be able to say... Even after watching my dad and my mom on the stage, in the spotlight, I so value what they do and the way they do it that I want to be a part of that. You know, you can't do anything for your parents greater than that. And if they don't tell you that, I'm going to tell you that because it really is a great, great affirmation. That was lovely. That was so well put. Yeah, and she does. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's, it's, I, I love that about you, Lily. That. Uh, Thank you. So the album that you're doing, what's the style? Is it country? Is it pop? What is it? It's country. It was something that I landed on pretty easily. Country, I feel like that kind of came naturally within the house, but it's something that felt right for me, which was what mattered the most. And Lisa, you know, I know that one of the things that I've admired, and I told Clint this before we went on tonight, you guys have been married over 30 years. You've had... um, a wonderful marriage, produced this lovely daughter. There aren't many people in the celebrity world who pull that off. What's been the secret for you guys? Oh, we uh, were friends first and then we fell in love, but we communicate. You know, we say it a lot. We, we never let, we never, Roy Rogers told you, right? Yeah, when he found he out said, we were getting married. Never go to bed angry, right? Yeah. And it's true. We talk about everything. We never, you know, I know his heart. He knows my heart. If something's off, yeah. We address it right then. And I really think that's that's key, you know. Do you realize what a big example that is, though, for the rest of the world to see a couple in the visible places and you love each other, you stay together, you produce this wonderful daughter, and people say, you know, these are real people. We it's like a family. Them. We're a family. We have dinner at the table. We're a little old-fashioned that way. <laughs> well, when you said that you decided you would never go to bed angry, Clint said there were weeks that you'd simply didn't go to bed. So I, Hi. No, he didn't say that. So I got to ask you, Glenn. Joke. Yeah, I knew it would happen. The title of this tour, the Hits and Mrs. Tour, how did that, did you think of that? Yeah, but um, my agent and manager have been trying to get us to do this for a while. And, uh, and it, they, they wanted, uh, the promoter wanted it in December. And my experience has been, you know, we can do a little bit of Christmas music on the tour, but, you know, the audience really wants the hits, mostly. Yep. yep. <laughs> so uh, so we we're thinking, what do we name this so that they know? They know they're going to hear. And then I just thought of it. I said it. They loved it right off. And uh, that was that. And we feel like it really describes the show. It's been such a wonderful gift to the country that want to go to shows again and, and live again. Uh, you've got one of the most distinctive voices in country music, beloved for your hits. 
your wife is beloved for a long and wonderful acting career. I have a feeling though, Lily is gonna outshine the both of you. <laughs> and one of these days you'll be going and watching her and saying, that's our little girl. Mm. It's okay, I'll, I'll be taking half the credit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you should, so we'll let you do that. All right, Keith, while we move to the stage for some music, why don't you tell our viewers how they can keep up with all of the Clint Black, Lisa Hartman Black, Lily Pearl Black family. Well, for all of Clint's music and information on the mostly hits in the Mrs. Tour, visit Huckabee.tv. You can also watch an exclusive performance of Killin' Time. And now, performing Change in the Air, featuring CMA Musician of the Year, Janae Fleener on fiddle, and with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection and Mike on bass, here are Clint Black, Lisa Hartman Black, and Lily Pearl Black. Surely feel 